day one of the Northern Egg Expo is underway. The doors opened earlier today at 8.30, and they close at 4.30. And uh, some of the buzz out here on the Fargo Dome floor is, well, a moving product, moving the commodity from the field to the market. And uh, that's a topic of conversation nationally as well. Uh, some of our national headlines have been talking about, well, potential railroad strike. It's something that you and I have talked about at length when we were at uh, Big Iron not very long ago in West Fargo, and we're talking about, well, do we have enough truck drivers to pick up some of the slack? Answer is resoundingly no. Uh, but, you know, as somebody that uh, follows this uh, at, for a living uh, with uh, CNBC and, of course, an author, I, I was kind of curious what is going on nationally. Lorianne LaRocco is a senior editor at CNBC Business News, also an author of a variety of books, one of which is Trade War, Containers Don't Lie, Navigating the Bluster. Lorianne LaRocco, welcome back to KFGO Fargo. How are you? Thanks for having me. I appreciate you taking some time here. Uh, there's a couple of uh, conversations I wanted to uh, visit with you about, uh, w- one being uh, where we're at on this potential railroad strike. I know that uh, just the other day uh, President Biden was going to visit with uh, congressional leaders about seeing whether or not they can force a deal to happen. Have we had any movement on that front? Yes, we have. I mean, this this uh, afternoon you had um, Speaker Pelosi as well as uh, the Senate Majority Leader you know, Chuck Schumer come out together uh, vowing that while they are not happy that they are denying the rail workers ability to strike and their right to strike, uh, they will move swiftly. uh, So the U S economy is not damaged. So they're on board uh, with, with moving forward, uh, begrudgingly. So, and I think uh, from uh, some of our listeners, we're talking about this dispute before you're, we're able to be joined by you and, yeah, there's some tensions out there, Lorianne. Uh, you know, I, we got some rail workers listening right now, clearly, that say, look, we're not asking for much. Uh, what, what's been the holdup? Is this primarily just about the days off for sick leave? It, that, that's exactly what it is. I mean, when, you, when you're looking at what the men and women on the rails have, um, while everybody has their own local deal, so to speak, when it comes to sick time, um, they're not allowed, like you can call in sick. But you will not get paid unless you're out sick for anywhere between four to seven days. Wow. And then you're only paid those days. So the first initial three or four days or up to six days, you, you're not getting paid. And so that's why the rail workers are saying they do not get sick days. The other thing is the PEB, they rejected uh, the rail union's um, ask, if you will, for sick time and instead gave them one extra personal day. And so they're given now a total of three personal days, but the rail workers have to uh, put it in for 48-hour approval in order to even take that day. So that's the reason why the men and women are upset. And while, you know, this was a tentative deal, um, it has turned into a firm deal regardless of the vote. Well, and I think uh, long-term, some of the implications, uh, some of the other union members out there are watching that, saying, is this going to impact our ability to negotiate? And, uh, you know, one of the tools in the toolbox, so to speak, is, you know, threatening that strike. You know, we're neighboring Minnesota, and there's talk about another potential nursing strike over on that side. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a lot of eyes upon this, aside from just being able to get our product to market. Well, that and also the fact that with um, one of the arguments that I wrote about today, for CNBC was that the the presidential, you know, emergency board, you know, they came up with this, you know, this offer 
and it became the tentative uh, the tentative deal. And what the railroads are arguing is that if you start changing things after the PEB put something in place and then you punt it off to Congress and then Congress changes the deal, it renders the PEB useless. And so that could put a whole disarray, if you will, into collective bargaining. And as you know, the uh, airlines also fall under uh, the rail the Railroad Act. And so they're saying for the sanctity, if you will, of the PEB, the offer that you get should be the offer that you vote on. You can't, what they told me, change things in the ninth hour or the zero hour. You can't do that. And so th- there's even more to it than than what we're talking about. Well, let's talk a little bit uh, while I have you, Lori on the Rock, or our guest, uh, senior editor at the CNBC Business News here. Uh, the, the union side of this, uh, let's talk about the economic impact of it as well. I mean, I, sure. I've seen some of the figures out there, and you know, one of the things I'm sitting at an egg expo right now, and I think I read in one of your articles earlier today that about 80% of agriculture yep. freight traffic is moved by rail, but the, the dollar amount is just staggering and what this would mean for the economy per day. Uh, what, what is that figure, if you, if you have it? The figure's a whopper. According to the Association of American Railroads, they estimate $2 billion a day would be impacted as it relates to the U.S. economy. But get this, and, you know, when you're looking at your listeners, right, and a lot of them are all ads, they're, they're going to tell you that a lot of the, the kabuki in all of this for logistics is the Mississippi River. You've had a lot of freight move away from the Mississippi River because of the drought situation. Right. And so now that that's another logistical nightmare that the men and women of agriculture have to navigate because they are, as we're speaking, so folks have moved some of their product away from the rail and put it on trucks. But as we all know, there is a trucker shortage. So there really is, um, you know, there, there really is no, you know, poison pill, so to speak, right, yeah. it, you know, to, to fix this. I hate the cliche, but it's that perfect storm, really, about yeah. transportation and that supply chain. You're thinking drought. There's nothing a person can do about that. Uh, we, you know, we have mm-hmm. workforce shortage across the board in a lot of these areas. This really seems as tough of a pill as it is the only avenue we might have any leeway in that we can actually put some pressure Mm -hmm. on and there's not going to be a lot of happy people about it. No, definitely not. And the other thing is everyone's looking at December 9th. The big day that a lot of people have to look at is December 1st. That's the day of strike prep. And so things start rolling back. And so um, one of the head of the, of of one of the fertilizer association told me that starting um, on December 4th, ammonia, which is a critical component for a fertilizer, is not going to be allowed on the rails because what happens is they're trying to locate all the chemicals that are presently on the rails, right? And they have 96 hours to locate everything and get it to its final destination. And so it's really a race against time for a lot of these uh, fertilizer companies and chemical companies to get their product to, uh, to the end consumer. That leaves uh, a little less than two days uh, to, to yeah. really get this hammered out. And pardon me for being naive here. Is Congress back sure. in session? I, I know that uh, we got this lame duck session. They, they've agreed that they will do something, but we know how yeah. things crawl as far as progress mm-hmm. goes in Washington. Are they going to get this done in time? Well, Nancy, uh, Speaker Nancy Pelosi yeah. uh, said that they will take it up tomorrow and pass it. 
The big thing that will take time, of course, is the Senate. And you have, you know, continuing resolutions that are on the docket. You have a whole host of other legislation. And so it will be addressed, but it's just a matter of when. And so what they have to do is, while this is all happening, the strike preps are happening, and that is impacting the supply chain, regardless of what's going on. And so it doesn't really look like the Senate, unless they shelve everything, right, to uh, make sure that the president signs it come, Tuesday, it come Thursday for the strike preps to stop. Always pushing things to the brink out in Congress, it yep. feels like, Lori Ann. Lori Ann our guest, uh, senior editor at CNBC, also an author, Trade War, Containers Don't Lie, Navigating the Bluster, one of those titles. Uh, you know, the trade war was a topic of conversation for many of us here for a very long time, mm-hmm. understandably so, with us in China. And I want to just ask you in the short amount of time I have left with you, Lori Ann, We've been watching from afar here that there's been some unrest, upheaval, protests uh, over in China. There's questions about yeah. the crackdown that might be coming, uh, but also mm-hmm. about what that might mean as far as uh, getting our products to and getting products from. Have you have you heard much? I've been following along of the, the disruption that could cause with trade. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, well, we've created the CNBC supply chain heat map. And wow. so we actually have our we actually have it right on the pulse as it relates to all things supply chain with China. And my sources are telling me within the supply chain heat map that orders, because of what's going on with the overordering here in the United States, manufacturing orders are 40% down for China. And so as a result, because it doesn't really matter that you're having this strife, of course, when it comes to Apple, that's a totally other, uh, you know, story. But when it comes to the regular manufacturing of products, because of the decrease in orders, um, you're not really going to feel an impact, if you will, um, in terms of um, in terms of product not arriving on time. The ports are are running on schedule. The roads are open uh, for the product. They're they're keeping them open and they're trying to move up, you know, the protesters away. So we'll see what happens. But as of right now, when it comes to China as well as Vietnam, you're actually looking at Vietnam laying people off because of the fact that you have such a decrease in orders here in the United States. Wow. Well, you know, it seems like one of those things that it would start to catch up with uh, some of the supply yeah. chain domestically and then internationally. Uh, we're seeing a lot of things, Ukraine, China, you, you just one thing after another feels like, Loria. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really crazy, but what a lot of folks also have to look at is what happens with Europe. We've had a lot of uh, labor strikes at the, at the ports there. And um, a lot of auto parts are delayed by three months. Um, you also have, you know, uh, imports coming in uh, from Europe also delayed. And that was based on uh, the strikes that we saw in August, September, and October at Felix Show, as well as uh, Liverpool. So there's a, there's a lot going on in the world. Uh, Lorianne, before I let you go, you, you mentioned the the trade uh, hotspot, and forgive me if I, I'm saying that wrong. Is that mm-hmm. just uh, right at CNBC.com for those that are listening? Yeah, so we have Devon, we've created the supply chain heat map, and so we have several. We have one for China, one for Europe, as well as one for the United States. So that way, you can kind of you know see what's going on and see where the the pinch points are, and also just to see um, you know the, the reality, if you will, of the supply chain. Well, that's a resource I hope that uh, many people listening take advantage of. Lori on the Rockwell, I appreciate you taking time today. Uh, You take care, and we'll chat again soon, okay? Yeah, thanks for having me.
You bet. Laurie Rocco again, senior editor at CNBC Business News, also an author. A lot of titles, the latest one that you probably have heard of, Trade War Containers Don't Lie, Navigating the Bluster. I have got a lot of your thoughts at 35270. Uh, that's provided by the I Consultants of North Dakota. I'll come back and share them with the rest of the audience after I get you this weather update from Too Tall, Tom Schmansky. Also, Derek Hansen, he's at the Mindac Market. You can get the KFGO cookbook over there, and he'll tell you all about that and more next year on Afternoons Live. Let me tell you now.